Hello, I'm Dan. I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Dan, we're talking about Mine Shmiryov. Mine Shmiryov. Mine Shmiryov. Let's go with that. that. I mean, sounds like it was spot on the first several times. Uh, well, it, it's it's a dude from. I probably shouldn't be, you know, spoilers. Um, it's a dude from the Belarusian partisan resistance against the German occupation of uh, during World War Two. So it, it's it's an Eastern European name. It has been transliterated into the Roman alphabet, um, right. but it's given in Belarusian and in Russian, like in the alphabets, and. Yeah, I would not have been able to read it from that. We will definitely yeah. be having the English version as the title of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's different ways of transliterating it, uh, apparently. But I'm going to go with Mine Shmiryov, because why nice. not? Um, so we, I don't think we've had an article like this before. Um, no, I don't think so. This, this, is, um, this is a guy who seems to have a very interesting story. Um, and I, I will basically uh, sit back, everyone and Dan, uh, and then we'll discuss it afterwards, but I'll give you a, a, a bridged version of this guy's life, um, okay. which is pre-war, war, and then post-war. So he was born uh, in a peasant family in the village, uh, a Belarusian village near Vit- Vitebsk. Apparently it wasn't important enough to even have its own name. Um, and began working at age eight in order to support his elementary education, because apparently people were hard as nails back then. Um, he was drafted into the Imperial Russian, Russian Army in 1913, Saw action as an artilleryman in the First World War, received a bunch of uh, awards. He was sent home from the front when his unit was disbanded, um, basically as part of the revolution. Because that's if you're not, people aren't watching the Great War at the moment on YouTube. Mm. You should definitely watch because the, the, everything that's happening with Russia is mental. Um, and then during the revolutionary period in 1917, he's made he made his way uh, back to the front, I think. It's a bit confusing. Sympathetic to the October Revolution, he participated in the struggle for the establishment of Bolshevik power. Um, and so then he was part of the Red Army, uh, fought against the White Army, uh, sorry, the White Guard, even. Um, his brother and father were both killed during the White Terror. Um, and he got typhus, but got better. Uh, he started his own family, took part in various endeavours after the victory in the Civil War. And uh, he was elected a Kolkhoz chairman. What's mm. that? Oh, it's a collective farm. Okay, so basically, before World War Two, he fought in the First World War, won a bunch of awards, lost everyone he cared about, and then was part of a farm. <laughs> he managed a farm, uh, and apparently that was basically typical for the Soviet Union. Okay, um, and then uh, in World War Two, uh, he uh, the Soviet Union was invaded by the uh, Nazi Germany in 1941, um, and the Communist Party. Uh, the regional committee appointed him to form a partisan group to operate in the region between eastern Belarus and adjacent Bryansk Oblast in western Russia. Having found its first 25 members within a week, um, his group disappeared into the forest on July 12th. On July 25th, his group set an ambush against mounted Wehrmacht soldiers. By September 1941, the size of the group had increased to 75. It's like Robin Hood. This yeah. dude, this dude was like Robin of, Hood. This band of merry men. So I started this and I was like, I have high hopes for this article, but let's see where we go. And we're already at Robin Hood levels. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, from 19, July 1941 until October, the great, a group had blown up 30 bridges and killed 250 soldiers and officers while wow. seizing more supplies and weapons for continued operation from the forest. Despite efforts to evacuate his children at the beginning of the war, they were turned back, overrun by the advancing Blitzkrieg. However, having unsuccessfully attempted to obtain helpful intelligence regarding the location of... Um, the merry men, let's call them, from the local villages. The Nazis responded by seizing them as hostages at Suraz in the autumn of 1941. Oh, shit. After four months of continued resistance by Shumarov, his children were executed um February 1942. Bloody hell, okay. Wow. I mean, as if, like, you know, Soviet Union, Second World War wasn't enough to indicate that, you know, this was going to go dark. Mm. Um, there you go, we've got children dying, his, his children being executed. Keeping it light, always on the Wikicast. Uh, and then with the success of the Soviet Army's offensive near Smolensk in the winter of 1942, a 40-kilometre wide breach, otherwise known as the Vityebsk Gate, I'm really trying with these names, guys, the Vityebsk Gate, was opened um, between the German lines, enabling direct contact between the partisans, the Communist Party, and the Soviet Army. Seeking to establish coordination between the partisans and the army, on 4th of April 1942, Shmiryov's staff was visited by representatives of the army and Communist Party, um... And independent groups of partisans were united as the 300-member 1st Belarusian Partisan Brigade under Shmiryov as a commanding officer. Um, by September, the group had grown to 2,000 partisans. So, so how, how many did he start with? 25, and now, he's, now we're at 2,000. With the development of a centrally directed uh, partisan operations, Smiryov was ordered to Moscow to become a member of the Partisan Central Staff in November 1942 and was awarded the honorary title of Hero of the Soviet Union on August 1944 during the last days of Operation Bagration, whose conclusion signalled the complete liberation of the last remaining uh, uh, German-held Belarusian territory. Wow, and then after the war, um, he was a local legend, uh, became first honoured citizen of Vitebsk after the war and paid homage in various books and um you know records of the war uh wrote his own memoirs and uh, was elected to the supreme soviet of the belarusian ssr mm. um oh and okay there's something of a happy ending he died on september 3rd 1964 so he was um quite old actually so he was born in 1891 so he was 73 uh and was survived by the last his last wife and the children from their post-war marriage so he married again um Wow. What a life story. My goodness. What, what a life story, Mark. Yeah, I mean, this, this, I, I felt like it would have been improper to kind of cut any of that out because this guy was an absolute dude. Yeah. Like, he, he Robin Hooded the shit out of World War Two, and, you know, went from 25 people to 2,000 people, killed a whole bunch of, of enemy soldiers, and, you know, disrupted everything whilst losing everything he held dear. What a dude. Again, cheerful. Mine Shmiryov. What what a dude! Um, Thanks for all your hard work, Mine. How on earth do we follow that article? I mean, have um, you ever have you ever led a Belarusian partisan resistance group against Nazi occupation, Dan? I mean, I don't think so. I imagine it would probably be one of those things that I'd remember. Yes, um, yeah, it sticks in maybe the mind. If I, yeah, if I had a free weekend or something, I might have I might have dabbled. Um, no, I think it's safe to say that I I didn't. I sang a very very banging Evensong service yesterday, which is which. Uh, which is quite Damn more, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm Viking hearing... even song to fighting Nazi occupation. I'm hearing that you killed hundreds of Nazis and you blew up a bunch of bridges and your children died, but have you ever been to Evensong? Like... Not just any old Evensong. It was Leighton Responses. Nice. Noble in B minor. Ooh. 
and uh, the Wesley. Oh, what's that one? That's the, what's the blessed be the Godfather. Yes. Oh, oh! Yeah. I was listening to that literally yesterday. Actually, blessed be the Godfather. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. banger. It was. A, it was a particularly fine uh, service. Ah. Well, mm. good, good for you. Isn't isn't yeah. that nice? <laughs> well, adept at the cathedral on Tuesday for the first time. Yeah, because um, um, Pixel Girl saw that you were in the cathedral. I think she was a bit confused about whether or not you'd started already. So I, I did want so to ask I'll, you about that. I, yeah, I'll start in I'll start in September. Um, right. I got I actually got my schedule for kind of services a couple of days ago. And it was I just had this massively kind of fangirling moment of, oh, my God, I'm singing literally every day. Um, yeah, that's how through. this works. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of, I, I kind of, I knew it, but seeing it on paper was different and incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, no, they needed they needed another tenor um, for for Tuesday's service, so I, uh, I, 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 I lent lent a helping hand. You, you lent them ten quid. The Millington responses, which I've never done before. Oh, um, as written by Andrew Millington of Exeter Cathedral, presumably. Precisely. Yeah, although the, I believe they were written for Durham. Oh. oh. Um, what yeah. a snake. <laughs> um, but they're really quite jazzy and interesting. Um, then I also I did Hadley, My Beloved Spake. Have you done that before? What? No, it, that doesn't yeah. sound like a thing. It's it's an amazing piece of music. Um, it's, it's yeah, it's it was that was the anthem. Um, and it was very satisfying to sing. And then Moraline. It oh, also nice. we also had my um, one of my favorite psalm chants, which is one of um, Turtle's chants, it's a composer called Turtle. Uh, and he uh, he writes really, really good. Um, chant tunes. I was expecting you just to stop then. I'm like, yeah, he writes really good. The end. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a really cool service. It's the first time I've sung with the Cathedral Choir, so it's quite nice to kind of get an idea of, of what it's like and how rehearsals work. And it's just a different way of addressing the music. You know, like we don't, you, re- you rehearse bits and bobs, and Tim spends so much time just kind of polishing these little bits. So when you're in the service, it's just. Yeah, it's it's a different way of, of of kind of looking at the music, but it's really cool. Yeah, because I mean, it's interesting that I know Mima, another <laughs> friend of ours for for, for the readers, um, has said that the the chapel choir makes better music, but it's more satisfying to sing in the cathedral. Mm. Which is, I don't know, I just assumed that the cathedral choir would be would make better music because you know, it's such a, it's a higher level. But then again, it's yeah, it's different. I think yeah, it's different in that you're kind of the chapel choir go through repertoire quite quickly, but on the, on the level to which kind of the cathedral work through it, yeah, it's totally different. You know, you you might you might sing a set of canticles and then not look at them again for seven months. You know, like it's you just, it's just kind of going through all of those ones, which is why, like rehearsing the moral, for instance, we do some starts and stops, and then there'll be a particular section where there might be kind of a slight kind of um, slow down in tempo or something, and just get, getting that together or or phrasing particular you know particular sections and. It's just yeah, it's looking, it's going through the piece with a fine tooth comb rather than just kind of like getting through the piece. Which is, yeah, yeah. It was really, it was really fun though. So whilst you were just um, saying all that, I just thought I'd, I'd look up Belarus because I don't know very much about it. The only thing mm. I knew about Belarus pretty much was that um, it was its capital was Minsk, and mm. that it features in the original Command and Conquer game in one of the mm. early missions. Um, and but, according uh, to Bill Bailey, their flag is a bear holding a pineapple. I believe was the uh, yes, two bears fighting over a pineapple. Yeah, um, there you go. Which it isn't. The, the flag is actually an interesting thing. It's. Uh, it looks like, if you Google this, Dan, the flag of Belarus is like it's a, a red blob on the right, as in sort of a, a rectangle with a green rectangle underneath it. But then on the left, it looks like 
a um a pixel art attempt at doing a carpet design. Oh yeah, it does. It's it's, yeah, it's kind of like a like a Turkish carpet kind of a vibe. Yeah, but if it was in like a nineteen ninety four era game, yeah, it's, like, it's that's been done in MS Paint. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what, why that why that is. You could do it so much nicer than that. Uh, but um, I didn't realize um, it's been labelled Europe's last dictatorship by some Western journalists um, because uh, the same guy has been president since 1994 hmm. um, and is the last p- place in last country in Europe using the death penalty. And the de- de- its democracy index rating was the lowest in Europe until 2014 when it was passed by Russia. Uh, yeah. And also rated as by far the worst country for press freedom in Europe uh, by Reporters Without Borders, which ranks Belarus as 157th out of 180 nations. Wow. Not great then. This is like the classic um, post-Soviet Eastern European state that's just corrupt as all balls. Ah, Mm. sorry. Right, full context. Before before (laughs) recording, as I mentioned to Dan, I, I may have accidentally sat on one of my balls. And I just moved, as I said, you know, like corrupt as bulls, and I just had a sudden twang of pain. Mm. Um, you must have done this at some point, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the fucking it's, worst. It is horrible because it, it's a kind of like a sick pain that doesn't leave you for about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, like this is still lingering on. Um, this is, as, as, as we said before the recording, like there are so many things uh, as a man that I will not understand about being a woman. Mm. Conversely, women will never understand what it's like to accidentally sit on one of your balls. Yeah, it's it's yeah, would not recommend. Basically, mm. it's a niche pain. A niche pain, yes. Well, uh, what other kinds of niche pain are there? There's um, ah, oh, you know, bone the... on your elbow. Yeah, or if you put um, I'm literally feeling sick even talking about it. If you put like chewing gum wrapper, like aluminium foil wrapping that you get for like Wrigley's or something, and you put that between your teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. And you yeah, get yeah. like it's it's electrolysis uh, that happens. Yeah. So it's, it's horrible. <laughs> Makes you do that. Um, yeah, the body's weird, isn't it? It's like it's like ha- cheat codes for the body. Yeah, it's, it's like you know if, if if you were to go into the terminal, you accidentally type the wrong set of characters, put mm. the wrong handle on a command, and you press enter, and then suddenly your body's just like twisted around because you sat on one of your pulls, <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know what the female equivalent would be. You can't. Oh, sometimes tell you what is another one that I hate when you you when you kind of crick your neck and you get that it's less of a crick but you get that kind of heat that goes up through your head. Have you had that? I don't think I've ever had that. Yeah, you can feel it kind of like like the, the kind of the pain reverberate along a tendon as a, as you kind of if you turn your head too quickly you get this you get this like heat that you can feel travel like from your neck up to kind of the top of your head, um, almost as if it was there was like a string that it's going along and it go, t- t- takes a couple of seconds for it to kind of pass right the way through. And it's really horrible. No, I don't like, I, I crack my neck a lot. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I just do it enough that I don't, I don't see. Have... I, I crack oh. my neck all the time, but it's, it's a different thing. It's not, it's, 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 it's like if you turn your head too quickly and you get this, people will write in probably giving a much better description than I do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm used to kind of cracking my neck and my knuckles. But yeah, this is something else. It's 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 something that actually if you feel it, it almost like in your brain. Hang on, I want to see. It. Let's see if this is audible. I'm going to try and crack my neck because I haven't done it today. Right, hang on. Apologies, listeners, if this is going to weird people out. <laughs> ASMR. Wow. Oh. Oh, that was a good one. Okay, my turn. Oh. Nope. 
Not this morning. Not this morning. He's too tight. He's a tight boy. Well, there we go. What uh, what, what riveting content? Yeah, there we go. We're literally just. Oh, hang on. Here's my knuckles. That's that's that's. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that was a good one. Were you about when I did my back once? Uh, how did you crack your back? I did my back. I was lying on the floor. It was when you lived. You lived in in the house and. Um, Rather than living in the garden for that period of time. Um, and I, I kind of like went up to kind of like do a crab. And it was like someone was playing the xylophone on my back. Every single vertebrae in one's fluid motion went like... Oh, no. I don't remember that. I mean, I used to crack your back all the time. Like picking you up and like snapping you. Although I finally had somebody do that to me. A mate of mine, he's a bit, he's a big lad. I went on holiday with him and a couple of other people. Um, I was doing it to other people, picking them up and cracking their backs, and he did it to me. And mm. I've not been able to experience it before because I haven't found any of my friends that are strong enough to pick me up. Um, but ah, oh, it's the best. For, mm. the, for, the, for the readers that don't know, this is when if you pick up someone, you get someone to cross their arms such that um, your right arm is on your left shoulder and your left arm, the, sorry, your hand is on your right shoulder. Um, and then you pick them up from behind like a bear hug and you squeeze and, and tip yourself back. And you can... You can crack all the vertebrae in, in someone's back and i do it to pixel girl a lot she really um like she really likes it um and, and i don't know i've yet to meet a person that's hated it let's put it like that mm. i think it's quite a nice it's a feeling. really nice feeling it's quite like a, it's like a cheap trip to a chiropractor i suppose I've, yeah. I've always wanted to go to a chiropractor actually i do and i i want to go to a chiropractor purely just to say look just crack all of my bones i just want to hear yeah. you crack or i don't i don't need this like i don't yeah. have any problems but yeah I mean, well, you I don't nearly, think I you have did. any problems. Yes, yeah, so it might be that you go to a chiropractor and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, they 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 have a look and they go, "Actually, you know what? You would really benefit from this well, this cracking." I I um I uh went to my friend who's a sports uh massage massage like therapist um mm. because uh, I was training for a half marathon and my legs just completely stopped working and uh, I was diagnosed by her as like, "Yeah, you have chronically tight legs." Like this is mm. really not good. Um, so uh, I had I had a bunch of massages for my legs and my back, um, and it's it's amazing how I suppose because it builds up so qu- qu- slowly over the years, you don't notice it, you know. And mm. then it's when it's removed, it f- I felt like I had new legs when, when yeah. she was she was done with me. It was amazing. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd still love to go. I nearly went to a chiropractor at the end of the PhD just to be like, YOLO. Let's f- it. <laughs> I, I want to have all my bones cracked, uh, but I, I did not in the end. Really, really, really ah, oh, what, just, what, what is? Ah, oh, we're in Critics Corner. That was stuck up on arrived. us. Good grief! Please alight here for Critics Corner. Um, yeah, get thrown out of the side. Like you know that video of um. Uh, there's like a a guy trying to jump out of a subway train while it's still moving. Mm, yeah. And completely stacks it because he underestimates how fast the train's moving. Oh, he needs some milk. That's oh, a, yeah, yeah. That's from one of those, right? Oh, God, God bless like those people stupid enough to do these things. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, I, my life is so enriched by other people's stupidity. Uh, speaking of which, what have you watched recently? Um <laughs> Well, I've been watching. I've been watching a, a a long playthrough of God of War, the new one. Oh, who by? Uh, Jesse Cox and the Completionist. Oh right, yeah. Um, so the Completionist is playing, and they're playing it on the hardest mode you can put the game on. So right. it's really epic because when you get uh, even just kind of like wandering mobs around the map that you have to fight to progress the story, not even including bosses, 
there might be an episode that's like 40 minutes long that the, the episode prior to this one actually no two prior to this one i think um there was a there was a boss fight where they had to fight a valkyrie mm. and the fight took 35 minutes jeez it's that it's that kind of just brutal um it's really interesting they're kind of going for a like a dark souls-esque kind of a vibe with it as well in terms of kind of the the difficulty but kind of just kind of like plowing through mobs while you're going through the story but the story is fascinating like i just just before um we were recording today um while we were ready to kind of get set up i was watching the new episode came out last night and i was watching the first kind of five or ten minutes of that and it Mm. was oh it's so cool it's super (laughs) cool the lore of this of this game is amazing i've never played um god of war Mm. i know that this one is meant to be exceptionally good yeah it's it's I've I've seen playthroughs of the previous ones. I haven't I haven't played them myself. Um, as you, if people aren't aware, Simon, you, you kind of you learned this uh, when when we uh, when we got a house. Um, I just love watching people play games. Yeah, I'm I don't, the same. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with not. I'm not cool with not playing them. I suppose that's why we both enjoy watching you know Yogs and Hat films and, and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's especially when Jesse and the completionist when they're playing through their one, they get really into it. Jesse's a complete kind of loot fiend. He's got to get everything. And the completionist is called such because he when he can only have finished a game on his channel when he's done everything. Yeah. He's got everything. So he's like, you know, he's, he's, he's a really good, he's playing it really well. But the story is the most interesting thing because you have these amazing crossovers with, with different kind of gods and mythos. So the main character is, is the Spartan god of war, mm. hence god of war. Um, but then in the previous games, he's been, he was killing like the the Greek gods, I believe. But now in this one, there's like a Nordic influence. So like every, through the game, you'll get kind of Athena coming and speaking to um, speaking to the main character whose name escapes me. Um, uh, Kratos, isn't it? Yes, that's on. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's this whole kind of really interesting kind of interplay with his son, Atreus. Um, but then Athena's there, but then also you'll get like the sons of Thor come through and you kill them and like Odin's really you're, you're going through all the you're going through all the nine realms of the Nordic it's really cool oh yeah yeah but yeah. This, the, yeah it's it's just really interesting um so I'm I'm super interested to see I see how uh, see how it goes other than that I'm, I can't think that I've been watching anything really I've had exams this week so yeah uh, review been... your exams how's your exam experience been pretty good pretty good um I had one yesterday uh, and know, one on Tuesday. Right. Uh, the Tuesday one went went well. I think um, that was a that was a classics one. And I think I we I, I found there were a couple of essay questions and some kind of commentaries. And I was like, yeah, actually, I feel really good about these ones, which was nice. And then the one that I had yesterday, which was all a bit weird and kind of delayed, and then not delayed. I then got a message saying, oh, actually, yeah, we're just going to move the time forward. So can you come and sit it? Was my film module shots in the dark. A kind of like a history of American film. Uh, and I wrote an essay on how much is, no, is classical Hollywood tech, is classical Hollywood technique um, central to post-Hollywood kind of um, film, kind of production? And it was, it was yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, I think it was a pretty decent essay. Um, I got, I, I, got massively kind of like ooh, okay i'm going to base this entire um this t- entire essay around like the metaphor of a tree because holly wood right oh, and i was saying God how like sake. your early kind of early film 
uh, and, and kind of I think the inception is the roots and then like indie wood and like the works of kind of Wes Anderson and small independence are kind of like the canopy and the, f- the kind of like the fruits and flowers at the top so everything kind of connected but it, like it, it was I think it was a pretty good essay the kind of the metaphor tied it all together really quite nicely um but yeah that was that one and then I have a romanticism one next Wednesday um which should be pretty fun because I love the romantics and then the following week, I have one on Roman laughter, which is... Oh, like yeah. I remember speech, you telling about this. Yeah. Um, it was mainly kind of speech analysis and looking at things like invective as a um, as a kind of debate device, which is basically mm-hmm. when the kind of high like dignitaries and uh, politicians at the time would just abuse each other physically. Like it was just being like, yeah... The points you're making are true, but you've got a massive nose and you've got a face that looks like a boulder. And you'd be like, okay. And it was it was like an acceptable done thing at the time because the kind of the physical form was seen as less. You mean kind of exactly how uh, how it is in American politics at the basically, moment? Basically, basically, yeah. But yeah, so I've got those ones, and then I'm all done. And then I have a really busy, busy time after that. I've got I'm finishing working at Apple come the end of May. Um, which is a little earlier than I planned, but I just needed to kind of stop now because I've been doing that much. I just want to have some time, have some time away. Mm. Um, the cha- chapel choir uh, of Exeter University are going on tour to France, and then I come back to Exeter, and then I have a couple of days free, and then I'm taking Exeter University singers to Rome. And then we come back from there, and then we're singing at the graduation ceremonies, and then I'm going to the Czech Republic. Oh, oh yeah, you're going on tour with um, Pixel Girls Chapel Choir. Yeah, Hamilton College, Cambridge. Um, I got an email from their director asking if I was uh, I was interested. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. So, so is um, this is this through Hugo? Like, because Hugo's friend is in the Chapel Choir, right? Yeah, Noah. Yeah. Um, so I think Hugo is going to go, and then Hugo mentioned to Noah that if like, or Noah said, oh, we've also got some tenor spots, and I think Hugo would have said, oh. Dan will probably do it. The hilarious thing is I got an email saying, do I want to come? And Hugo didn't. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. um, he couldn't make the dates anyway, bless him. But it would have been quite nice if, if we could have both gone. But um, yeah, I'm currently looking at uh, going to... So you, to you are a busy boy this summer. Mm. And then by the, by the time that finishes, I'll have a little bit of time in, in kind of August to gather myself. Um, mm. And then Cathedral will start. Yeah, because when do you, is it? Is September you start in Cathedral? Yeah, right. Um, so it's a yeah, it's it's a it's a busy but exciting time. Um, well, I need well, to. I, I mean, also need to figure out. I think from like the twenty third to the twenty fifth, I need to be in Cambridge, um, just for some rehearsals, and then we fly out on the twenty sixth. But I'm just trying to think about like what I'm going to do in terms. of... I was going to message Noah and Liv actually and be like where do you think I could like stay for a couple of days? Cause I was looking at trains. I was going to go home, which in, you know, kind of rural Oxfordshire and then train to Cambridge. But it, that's like a, it's like a two hour round trip. Um, and I can't really be doing that each day. So, well, it's funny you should mention that because, um, just, just, uh, today, uh, pixel girl and I, are, I think it's yet to be completely confirmed, but I think we've just sorted our house for next year, which will be somewhat in the vicinity um and is on a train line to cambridge so right. it may well be that we could put you up if this all goes through oh um, that'd be i mean that would literally sort out all my problems but yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean yeah so that this is this is the kind of exciting thing is that um we might be i might be moving in about two weeks 
Uh, oh wow! That is yeah, exciting. like it's 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 happening very quickly because basically that we found this house and uh, there's another offer that went in on it, but we were like, right, if we're willing to pay a little bit more mm. and you know move in as soon as possible, um, then we were gonna we were gonna get it basically if we were willing to kind of outbid the other the the other renters. Um, yeah. So fingers crossed that's that's all gonna go through and yeah, I might be moving in with with Pixel Girl in. I've, well, it's actually three weeks for me because I'm away um, right. for a bit. Um, I'm up north. I'm going to Manchester and to Bolton to give some talks. Because um, oh. I was going to ask, actually, well, for people who are in... Is it Prague that you're based in for the tour? I believe so. Right. So people who are in Prague, message us, send us an email, and s- tell Dan what he should be doing uh, when he's in the Czech Republic. And equally... Uh, people who are in manchester and bolton tell me what i should be doing uh i'm going to the msi to the museum of science and industry um and that's the only thing that's kind of in my calendar as in my time at the moment so send us our respect to travel itineraries please because you people if you live there know best um but uh, but yes yeah yeah uh, so potentially the summer moving in because a lot of my reviewing would be i'd be reviewing houses that i we've been looking at uh and it's so moving house is so weird right because there are so many factors that you don't consider when you're just living in a house because you don't realize what you don't have that makes sense mm-hmm. like we were looking at properties and the, one looked really nice and then i was like oh wait it's right next to the train line and like it's a busy train line that goes that goes from from london and i was like well okay that's that one gone like it's just mm-hmm. a, an extra factor that you have you have to consider um or i don't know uh, is it in the right part of town? Does does the neighbourhood look nice? Um, you know, uh, what's the proximity to shops? Like, there are so many variables you have to have to consider. It's mm. it's quite stressful, really. Yeah. Um, I've been looking at getting, trying to see if I can get a slightly bigger place down in Exeter. Um, I've been sent kind of you know stuff on right move and kind of in communication with 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 mum and dad and seeing seeing what's going through because if so i'd like to get a place with maybe more beds and have a couple of more people living in there's some people who are interested mm. um and i imagine i'll be down here down next to for a fair while um which is quite interesting i've actually just uh, i found the email of confirmed concert venues for the tour oh go on so we're apparently uh, confirmed uh, performance details are a concert at the Old Catholic School, St. Lawrence, on the Friday, a mass in St. Vitus Cathedral, Prague, on Sunday morning, and a concert in at Cathedral in Sedlec, Kutna Hora. Um, and then back in Prague, we're also hoping for a choral even song at the Angl- Anglican Church, a Saturday evening English Catholic mass, and perhaps something at the Infant Jesus Church. Repertoire will include 16th to 21st century, so... Everything yeah, <laughs> So yeah, it should be kind of. It should be really, should be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm dead jealous. I've never been to the Czech Republic. I've always wanted to go. I know it's yeah. meant to be beautiful. Likewise, um, I've I've never been. Uh, Prague is meant to be one of those cities that you, you that everyone should go to. Um, mm. But yeah, well, well, yes, dead jealous. Um, I mean, in the in the spirit of um, re- uh, critics' corner, I, I feel like the thing I should be reviewing really is the, is the fact that I just started streaming. Um, mm, and this yeah. is a whole new experience for me. Well, we've done some live streams before. We have, uh, we have. on YouTube. Um, I actually have some. I have some live stream news myself, but I'll let you go through yours. Oh, okay. Well, no, you do you, yours first. <clears throat> well, I, I uh, it was late one evening. Uh, I, I was, was working in the lab one night. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I I was in bed. I had a cup of tea. Uh, I was reading some. I was reading some Chomsky, some Noam Chomsky actually. Oh, nice. Um, pretending to be a civilized adult. Um, and I got a notification on my phone that my forehead had just gone live. Oh, yes. For those of you who don't know, this is Dan's forehead as a, a Twitch user, not his yeah. actual forehead. Yeah. And it was quite possibly one of the most hilarious, best streams I've ever been to. It was just brilliant. She, she was playing Sims for a bit. Um, and then I, she was deliberately making, you know how, like, if I, so if we were playing Sims... I'd make like a nice looking house and as we were kind of planning it, I'd make sure that kind of all the furniture was in the right place and nothing was kind of slightly misaligned and there was kind of a, de- a degree of kind of consistency through the yeah. kind of interior design. Um, my forehead thought it would be a, a funny thing to just make the building make absolutely no sense at all. So you'd have picture frames hung next to each other. One might be in the, in the top absolute corner of a room and then one right <laughs> near the floor. There was a fridge facing backwards in front of the sofa and under an upside down television like it was causing me a great deal of stress she was deliberately trying to f*** you off yeah um and then god bless you forehead we went to we went to she then started a knitting stream and just kind of chat shit and we used that opportunity to to take the piss out of each other basically um I, i i i yeah it was just hilarious it was really really funny so were you on um, the stream or were you just No, I was just in the, the comments being a little troll. Um, <laughs> it was just yeah, it was it was great. We, she was talking about um her like homeschooling. Um mm. and that she was she made some comment about it's possible to die you, you can die she she spins her own yarn. Of of um, course. Of course. No, of course right? she why wouldn't she? Yeah, and um you can dye yarn with avocado. And it comes out like I think she said like pink or purple or something. Oh, um, that and was this, not the color I was expecting. Okay, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this obviously, uh, as I am, a, I'm a king of 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 taking the piss out of people. Um, I was then just following in the chat, being kind of like, "Do you also work in a coal mine? Are you a, <laughs> are you like a part time chimney sweep? Do you like well, yeah?" And just pretending that she was some kind of like. Um, 19th century kind of yeah um it was just really funny and it was just such a nice way as i say it was just in bed cup of tea it was yeah it was lush oh well i did see that she went live um the other day uh but i've been yeah i've just been so busy recently i've been doing a lot of uh work like it's this week in particular i've been trying to do thesis corrections and it's been very stressful Mm. uh because yeah things are things Aren't it's not necessarily that things are wrong. It's just that things aren't going the way I thought they would go. Right. Yeah. I need more data to 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 like. And I've 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 program finished running this morning, which I'll have a look at after we finish recording. Um. But yeah, I'm not quite sure what to make of it all. But yeah. Um. So so so, so back to the live streaming. Um. Basically, uh, I have started doing streams most days now going through past papers for yeah. maths and physics um and it's been really fun it's been um uh steadily growing so i'm, I'm looking at my lemetric now there's 451 followers and i think on the last stream we had about 70 people live i think the peak was like 76 but it was about 70 um and yeah just people seeming seemingly enjoying me just do maths and do physics and talk through what I'm doing and um, have some nice kind of classical music in the background. Um, mm. 
it's been very I, i've enjoyed doing it but it, it's exhausting it's doing a solo stream is absolutely exhausting um because you constantly feel it's it's not like um hat films or something like that where there are three people or yeah. on the yogs where there have many people doing a stream on your own just you know th- th- it I felt like I had to be talking all the time. So at the end of an hour, my voice was shot. Um, You know, it's so exhausting. uh, Because also, not only thinking about stuff to say, you're also, um, in my case, trying to solve problems, which aren't... I mean, they are kind of easy, but they're not not easy, easy. Um, Like mindless. Yeah, like it's it's stuff that you do have to put a little bit of thought into. And you're trying to monitor the stream, uh, as in like the comments. You're trying to see if people have been following or donating. Um, You're trying to keep an eye on the time. Uh, There are so many different variables that you're trying to kind of consider at once that it's it's been a real... It's definitely up my game in a lot of ways. And and, and not least, it's up my game um, in the sense that um, it's made me better at... Uh, maths which is exactly what i hoped it would do like it's 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 um reminded me of all the stuff that i was once very good at um and i just haven't used for a couple of years so to actually go back and be like oh yeah i remember this technique um you know and and like suddenly i can be like oh, okay yeah now if you had to put me in an exam now i think i'd do fine um whereas you know two weeks ago if you'd asked me to do an as physics exam there would have been so much i would have forgotten not because yeah. it was hard but just because naturally when you do a phd you specialize so much you go completely down you know one avenue of science to the exclusion of everything else and you know yeah you use techniques and everything like that in it but there was so much on that when i did my first as physics paper that um i just completely forgotten and i was i felt like a right chump i was like i was was googling you know yeah what 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 does uh voltage equal again uh just like all this circuit stuff that i'd never looked at for years um but i've highly i've highly enjoyed it and if people haven't tuned in yet i highly recommend that you um you check me out so I'm, i'll leave a link in the description to my twitch and to foreheads twitch um and i should be streaming most evenings um but yeah it's been also uh, i don't know if you noticed the discord has changed to reflect um, this yes you know yes you're right yeah hmm. So um, the, the Discord is now a to-do Discord. Uh, so it's everything that I do online, seemingly. Uh, which So there is a wiki, the Wikicast stuff is still there. Um, but now there's stream stuff. And now there's also stuff to do with my videos, I think. So it's more of a an overall, let's, you know, make Simon think he's actually way more important than he actually is kind of space. Um, so, yeah, no. So, so I've, I've enjoyed the streaming. I'm not quite sure where to take it forwards other than you know keep doing what i'm doing but i'd I'd like to expand it into what i really want to see is because the the reason i started doing it is because twitch is such i think a perfect place to do education like this and to do flip classroom because you've got a young audience people that use twitch are in school mostly or at uni um and it's the kind of thing that you can put on in the background you can kind of just absorb um or you can focus in and do the paper with me um but it's it's using a grammar that is inherently casual. People associate the um, the things like donating on Twitch, having alerts come up, um, you know, the, the the nature of having a screen and then your face in the corner on the screen. It's something you associate with casual gaming and just fun yeah. stuff. And so to do that with educational stuff, um, it, you know, playing a game means you, you are you are yes talking to the viewers and you're interacting with them or whatever, but you are mostly concentrating on doing a task which is a digital task in front of you. So doing a past paper isn't really that different from that. 
you know, it's just it's just instead of a digital game task, you're just answering questions. Yeah. And I, I feel like I would love to see more people doing this and doing, th- if, you know, I doing it for physics and maths because that's what I'm good at. Um, but if people were to start doing it for biology or I don't know, do you think this could work for English? Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure how it would work for a humanities subject. I think it would work really well because you'd be, you know, in terms of before you'd write an essay, you plan the essay. So for yeah. it to be kind of, okay, this is our essay title and then communicate with chat and go through. Okay, so how are we going to break it down? What what are we looking for first before we think about which essay we're going to choose? Like how, I think, yeah, it would work like any, maybe in, ter- in terms of less so the steps, but maybe the construction yeah. of the essay. Because everyone's essays are so personal to them. It's hard to kind of be like, this is what you do if you get this kind of a question. Um, it would. It's more kind of, let's have an let's have like an open discussion about what might be some interesting points so it would almost turn into a um kind of like a book club-esque kind of okay so we're writing on this book and we've got this question what themes and elements of this particular novel or piece of prose um might we want to kind of draw on it sounds Um, like it would work better with a group of people then like you have a discussion like you a a, a topic is floated for an essay and then um you know, then you have a bunch of people saying, this is how I would structure it. And then, you know, you have questions going back and forth. Because um, I feel I feel like this is a structure that no one's explored yet. No one's tried this yet. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and like, I'm sh- people have done educational stuff live streaming before, sure. But I feel like they've either tried to monetize it directly, as in like you put it behind a paywall, yeah. or you've, it's just been on... Su- it's, it's, it's a format that's not Twitch, basically. I think the fact that it's on Twitch is crucial, and I think you have to engage with, like, encouraging people to spam emotes. Like, so when I made a mistake, people were like, ruin, ruin, and then when I fixed it, it was saved, saved, like the Bob Ross streams. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, encouraging people to... You know, put, put send in messages and donations and things, and you answer questions that way. Um, it's that it's what I think of as the grammar, the audiovisual grammar of Twitch that I think hasn't been capitalised on yet for educational stuff. And I'd, I'd honestly, I'd love to to see institutions like if Oxford or if Exeter wanted to um, do a weekly live stream with you know two academics say going through questions from a levels and saying this is how i would approach this essay or um you know or or i'd love to in future streams go through like past um exam papers from the oxford physics course um Mm. it's it's surprising that institutions aren't doing that because it would be the perfect thing to have as a media present presence during um the lead up to exams and admissions time exactly if if you're looking at yeah oh you're looking at coming to the university of exeter well why not hang talk with two of our professors in these particular fields and they can go through what you're currently going to currently going to be doing at a level and at the end of the kind of going through the paper or talking about how to tackle the the exam or whatever they can then talk about how the skills that you've done here would directly relate to the course and then it gives you a chance to plug the course um well i feel i feel like there's two reasons why they don't do it and one is that if you universities don't trust that people won't say something stupid uh you know that eventually an academic will slip up and say something stupid and it will look bad on the institution because it's like professor at the university of exeter says that hitler did nothing wrong uh yeah. because you know it was either taken out of context or not that anyone would actually say that like you know but like it's 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 the kind of thing where someone it might slip out yeah. Um, or you know, and and it was misinterpreted or whatever. But I think the key thing is that the people who are making decisions about where programs like this are going, where the funding's going, are old, and they don't understand the media. And by that I mean the multiple mediums that 
that that are that are available to them. Yeah. And I'm actually so I'm giving a talk in Lancaster um, later this month um, on on this subject. And me saying I think what's going to be really interesting in the next couple of years is when the big feedback back loop closes and the people who are in management positions who actually can allocate resources to projects like this in big institutions like universities. In a couple of years, the people who occupy those positions will have grown up watching YouTube and Twitch and are, are used to the uh, a social video internet. Yeah. Um, in a way that they currently aren't. Um, I, I, like, I'm, I'm half tempted to sort of get in touch with Oxford Nexter directly and say, look, this is a thing that I think you should be doing. You know, either pay me to do this or get, get internally sort something out because I feel like this is an opportunity that you're missing. Because all of the all of the all of the kind of infrastructures there in terms of how they handle like lecture recordings, the whole hmm. recap system works really well. Um yeah, so I mean, I they just need I, I, to add a degree of kind of interactivity and 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 in, and in doing so, like a, a live element to it. Well, I, I feel like um, uh, Twitch needs to to push this as well because I I feel like apparently there's a I was talking to Barry about this at the Oxcast. Um, apparently there is someone at Twitch who's like head of education on Twitch, and there isn't an educational scene on Twitch at all. Like yeah. I, there's an IRL category, which is what I put myself as when I'm streaming. And there's uh, like a community, quote unquote, of educators, but I have never heard of any of them before. Um, yeah. There seems to be a, a, like two dozen or something like that members of this community. Um, yeah. And I, as far as I can tell, it's mostly people who do coding streams. Like I'm probably completely wrong, but that's my impression is that it's just people doing coding and working on a project. Um, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I, I feel like Twitch could push this and say, "Look, this is this is an opportunity to do social good." Um, mm. uh, you know, th- there is the slight issue which Twitch could also help with, which is monetization. Because the way that Twitch streamers normally work is either through subscriptions, well, it's, it's through subscriptions and donations, right? And that requires people to have a disposable income that if they want you to read a message, they'll send in a send in a bunch of money, however much it is, even if it's like $2 or whatever, and then you read out their message. But students who'd be watching these streams are famous for not having a disposable income. So yeah. how do you... They make- are, they're going to they're gonna spend it on something that is a like a um, a luxury or an entertainment. Like, yeah, well, they, they, if the they're going to... have it, paying for a, a, twi- a, a Twitch subscription and a Netflix subscription. Well, also, I feel like if, if you're a student, you're not going to spend your, your money on a donation to a Twitch channel that's about maths. You're going to... If it was me, I was spending money on the Oxcast or, or Hat Films or whatever because I enjoyed that. I, I feel I feel like trying to get these streams to the point where people actively enjoy them is is yeah. important. But You're but not, also the students aren't paying for the service. They're, yeah. they're paying because they've appreciated. So uh, you know you you you've got to get it to that point. But I also think you've got to there's got to be an alternative way of monetizing these streams. There's got to be an alternative way of making them economically viable. And I think part of that is going to come from institutions. And you know either an institution will. Um, say look we will pay you to do these streams um use our uh or, or they you know pay academics whatever they pay somebody um either but no it, it should be internally to go through these questions and maybe they use university resources they plug university courses but it has to be done in a way that's genuine it can't just be like let's watch this you know five hour advert for the university of exeter it's yeah. it's got to be more subliminal than that it's i'm going to enjoy the stream and oh would you look at that it was hosted by the university of exeter i should probably check them out you know that maybe maybe i want to go there for university mm. um 
Or you have um, a company, like, for example, you know, I've been sponsored by Brilliant.org for my videos before. Um, if they were to say, um, you know, uh, we're going to sponsor your stream, just make sure you mention and plug the website three times over the course of an hour um, and, you know, maybe put it in the description or in the or, or whatever. Um, and then we pay you a lump sum. Um, I, just, I just feel like in order for education stuff to take off on Twitch, that issue of monetization has to be addressed it yeah. has to be solved i think there's huge potential what i've demonstrated in my limited stream so far is that there is a desire for this people who have commented on uh, on it saying i wish this existed when i did my a levels or this is an amazing idea thank you for doing this um pe people appreciate it and people want it i just think that now we now need to work out how to make it viable yeah. and yeah answers on a postcard guys i'd be really interested to hear um our readers thoughts on this and especially if you've been watching the streams if you you know what you your thoughts have been um because that's the benefit of streaming is the best thing about it is the instant interactivity of you know you have that you have that direct line to chat and they have a direct line to you um so it's so responsive and, mm. ah it just makes sense it's an educational format we need to make it work i'm determined this is my new quest is that uh alongside videos to do streaming regularly and make this work it's definitely got legs yeah, still got legs, uh, which is which is always a good sign. Yeah. Um, Christ, sorry, I've just been rambling for a very very long time. Is there anything else you'd like to criticise uh, in in this corner? I don't think so. As I say, I haven't really been watching a great deal. Um, I've been just yeah, re revision and things, and, and my usual kind of listening habits, which is going to surprise no one, is mostly acoustic guitar and choral. So, so nothing, nothing, no change basically. Nothing, no, nothing especially. I haven't been to the cinema. I haven't. Um, no, I still need to see a quiet place. I'm I'm determined to see it whilst it's still in cinemas. I've just been mm. so pushed for time recently. Yeah. But, um, okay. Well, if if we are if we are done being old men yelling at clouds and criticizing thing things, then we should probably move on to um. I think it's Patreon corner next, isn't it? I believe it is. Let's not go with that. Top lad. Thank you very much, everyone, for attending Coral Song today. Thank you especially to our cup-bearer, Azagu Nagapan Nagasaravanan. Our joint organ cleaners, Marut Vakirapunyawat and Fee Gascoin. We're going to get that name right. We will one day. It's going to be flawless. Soprano herders. Tapio Kirkinen, Davi Shram Vontabel, and Simon Vase. Our head candle boy, Henry Brewster. Selector of hymns, Kieran Kelly and Wonderful Stephen. Selector of hers, Lewis Watson, Eric Davis. Person carrying around the collection plate and making you feel guilty when you don't have any change, Angela. Chief robe cleaners, Billy Toulson, Elliot Conway. Keeping time on the sermons... Emma Kavanagh and Jay Wright. Tenor choral scholars Ben McMurty, David Scahill. Pointing out that the altos were in fact singing the entire time, Miles Cornfeld and Matt McGuire. Judas, the moustache man. <laughs> oh, thanks for the 50 pieces of silver, mate. Yeah, cheers. Oh, that got me. That tickled me. Do we want to go for a Catholic service? Can do. Making sure the altar boys don't get too close to the priests... Alex Greer and Geordie Eschendahl. 
head of catering, so in charge of bits of bread and wine, Habiba Amjad. Simon Torsef. God's representative on Earth, Dan Hanvey. Uh, I suspected that all along, yeah, you know. Yeah. Wingers, Nick Webster and Luke Thatcher. Dean of Chapter, Lachlan Woods. And Master of the Music, John Mannion. Thank you so much, everyone, for all your continued support. Um, we, we say it each time, but we, 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 kind of, we can't emphasise it enough uh, how much of a difference it makes uh, in terms of kind of managing managing kind of the finances of, of the of the podcast and giving us more opportunities to do amazing things um you are you're kind of instrumental in that process we love yep. you dearly absolutely you guys keep the podcast going so thank mm. you to all of our top lads um who support us on patreon.com forward slash the wikicast if you wish to the top lads i believe are full at the moment right i that don't is, think there are any spots left true. but there are spots uh, of course as always uh, supporting Team Cat and Team Dog. Dan, what is the what are the stakes this this week? Well, I'm, I'm, it pains me to say it. Team Dog is is sitting sitting down on 28, while Team Cat have excelled to 31. 31 patrons. Oh, that's but you know why? It's because cats are the superior household pet. Um, I am not sure. I think our our our, 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 our kind of dog supporters are doing far more important things to as, as trivial as, as as voting on a on a poll, whereas the cats have enough free time to be like, oh yeah, I guess I'll kind of pop in there somehow. <laughs> I have faith. Team Dog will make a will make a comeback uh, next week. I will ensure it because before we start recording, I will donate enough. <laughs> It'll create three accounts and you'll yeah. get it level pegging. Well. So- Thank you, thank you so much to everyone who who supports us with by a dollar a month donating to Team Cat and Team Dog. If you have a particularly strong opinion on this topic, which of course you probably do, it seems that most people do, um, then you know what to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast, support the show, put your vote in, and make sure that Team Cat keeps winning. Absolutely. He agreed! He agreed! <laughs> And once again, we find ourselves in uh, Crisis Corner. Uh, Always. We have, we have an email from Anonymous, again, keen as ever, uh, to, to, uh, to, to, share, to share, share some troubles. And we'll see, uh, see, if we can, uh, see if we can give some vaguely helpful advice. Only very share vaguely, the load, 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 load. Uh, Anonymous uh, <laughs> uh, titles this saying, A non-mouse but no crisis or maybe crisis on later reflection. Dear Messrs. Moore and Clark... Oh, sorry, no. Dear Messrs. Mark and Claw. Nice. Nice. I was wondering if either you two spicy boys had ever had the experience of performance-enhancing study drugs. Strong opener. I like it. Okay. I myself he knows what he's about. Messed- <laughs> just went straight I'm, in there. I myself completely messed up one semester and ended up in a very dark place. Could, prob- could probably have that in Crisis Corner, to be honest. Um... In this dark place, I was exposed to, let's say, some medication that's often prescribed to treat ADHD in America. I managed to conquer the dark place, although the allure of said medication has stayed uh, as what I guess is now an addiction. I reckon I could fix this addiction, although the medication has the added bonus of allowing me to study like an absolute weapon. Uh, (laughs) And at this point in the semester, I would consider it foolish to stop, as the crash would most likely result in me failing uni. Um... I guess this means I could really, I couldn't really stop. But hey ho, first stop to addiction is admitting it. Have either of you had exposure or experience with substance addiction, uh, specific, specifically for studying uh, Adderall and the like? Uh, any suggestions to what I should do as I'm in the, I'm quite deep in the rabbit hole now. 
Thank you for the amazing non-content. It makes 12-hour studying uh, stints a lot more interesting. So hmm. the, the issue here is uh, asking about performance-enhancing study drugs, and they are too deep down the rabbit hole, and they don't know what to do. Is, is that, was yeah. that right? So they want to kick them, but they can't. Not yet, anyway. The current time in the year doesn't won't allow them to. Um, but they know that they're probably now it's becoming a problem that they're kind of relying on them. So uh, on later reflection, yes, absolutely, um, definitely a crisis. Um, yeah. uh, I've I've never done any. I mean, unless we count caffeine. Um, I mean, I don't think we're going to count caffeine. <laughs> I mean, well, caffeine obviously is a, a performance enhancing drug, but it's so societally accepted that it's like not an issue. Um, yeah. I no, I've never done a Ritalin or Adderall or anything like that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, have you? No, I had I had friends in Australia who were were put on it, um, and it's a it's a very strange thing. There was a kind of a noticeable change in their kind of attitude and and mindset, and they they can be quite quite inward looking and, and and go away and as you say, study like an absolute weapon. Just go off and you just effectively get tunnel vision. Yeah, and... well, because that, 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 I think it's a common misconception, right? That you. Um... Uh, you, immediately when you take, for example, Ritalin, you will study more. It's it's not that. It's that you will focus on whatever it is you're doing with a laser focus. And that yeah. could be cleaning the house or editing a video or whatever it is. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to actually study more. It just means that whatever you choose to do, you will do without distractions. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't even think any of my friends, um, as far as I know, none of my friends have done it. Um, I'd be surprised if none of my friends from Oxford for example, hadn't. Um, I, th- I think it'd be probably more common than I, than I think. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 not it's something that obviously like appeals because I like the idea of being more productive. Um, I think for precisely the reason that anonymous is found, I wouldn't do it though because I'd be worried about getting addicted to it. Um, because progress is addictive, you know. Pro- productivity is addictive. You want more of it and more and more. And I feel like I'd never be satisfied. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd always keep taking it. Um, like I definitely got a little bit addicted to sleeping tablets uh, towards the end of Oxford because I couldn't. I'm actually having a problem at the moment. I can't sleep. Um, I lie in bed for hours and hours before I actually fall asleep. Um, yeah. And like previously, I've I've gotten addicted to sleeping tablets because you just become dependent on it, really. Yeah. Um, I had that um when I I was really ill in January since coming back from that kind of Christmas holiday. And the only thing that I could use to get to sleep were like two night nurses, um, which just knock you out. Yeah. Um, And then there were definitely times where I'd just be like, oh, I do want a good night's sleep. I might just have one because, you know, it will just, you you, you know, it just, it hits you. Um, I've been getting into a habit now of, I don't sleep with a pillow. Right. I just kind of, I just lie kind of flat on on my stomach with my head to one side and for some reason that seems to be working quite well i also sleep with my um with a window open and my curtains open as well so by the time i'm going to bed it's dark anyway but it means that i'm naturally waking to to sunlight yeah which well, is I mean, so such a better way of waking up because it, it takes all that drowsiness immediately out of the waking up process yeah i mean i can't wake up at the moment i think because i'm not falling asleep for hours and hours and hours um I'm not waking up until half nine. Like, I just even though I've got alarms set at seven thirty and eight thirty, and and you know several alarms, I just can't get out of bed. Mm. Um, you know, 
it's, it's, I think it's just because I'm so stressed. I've got so many things on my mind at the moment. Um, yeah. But that this is why like the but this kind of thing getting addicted to the substance is why i haven't started taking sleeping tablets because i wouldn't trust myself to not take it too far um when I th- i'm trying to remember what i did to get off the sleeping tablets before i think i just went cold turkey um before you know as in like mm. after the exam season finished i just stopped taking them because i i was so tired i didn't need to anymore it was i was it was holding uh you know holding back all the tiredness until after the final exam and then suddenly crashed um uh, but I don't know. I, I I feel like with 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 study drugs, surely by the time you finish the exams, you don't have a need to take them anymore, right? So, we would that not kind of you could just go cold turkey after the exams, and it might suck for a bit. But you just got to kind of push through. I think one of the points that you made earlier was that it's not to call it. It's it's not so much a study drug, but you just get used to being able to focus on, on tasks and operate in a certain way. And I, mm. I guess when you're not when you're not going through that kind of like okay, I'm going like this kind of methodical, I'm focusing on this and then this and then this. Um, uh, interestingly, Anonymous signs off as a scatterbrained mess of, and I imagine that you probably do feel pretty scatterbrained because you're just, you're you're perceiving and, and going through your immediate environment in a totally different way when you're on the on the kind of the drugs than when you're not. Um, yeah. I would say maybe try and just bring the, bring how much you're having down and, and try and kind of grade it. Um Equally, these are prescription drugs, right? So maybe go and have a consult like a medical professional and go, actually, you know what? I'm I'm finding I'm relying on these a little bit more than I want. And I think it might be starting to be a problem. What yeah, can uh, I do to, to kind of help that? Because I'm sure there's, there's processes and, and routes for that. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it won't be the first person to have this happen to you. And equally, you're not doing something illegal, right? Like, it's not like you're addicted to cocaine or, mm. or heroin. Like, you know... Be, Obviously, it's not great that you are addicted to a substance of any kind. In the same way that you know, if you were addicted to to alcohol, you know, like yeah. it's 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 obviously not good. But don't feel like you can't talk to yeah a, a pharmacist or if there's a, a counselor. You know, it's I don't I don't think it's anything to necessarily be um embarrassed about or ashamed of. Um, mm. You know, I, I I think Dan's exactly right in saying you should be like like most of our crises uh, recommendations. Go talk to somebody that knows what they're talking about, because we don't. Um, I mean, we we can basically just draw on our personal experiences, which in this case is negligible for both mm-hmm. of us, um, and suggest that you talk to to a professional. Um, but you know, I, I I can totally empathize with you, anonymous. I can totally understand where you're coming from with this, um, because I would probably, I think, I think, I don't know. If I was was to go back and do an Oxford degree now, I would probably end up taking something like Ritalin or Adderall just to keep me focused. Because mm. maybe just as I've get, gotten older, I find myself getting distracted more easily. Um, so you know, I, I totally empathise with you, anonymous. It's um, it's something. It's a mistake that I probably would have a trap that I probably would have fallen into as well. Mm. I certainly found in terms of my towards the end of my IB. Um, life um the kind of the focusing tool that I, I became reliant upon was was like meditation and mindfulness to the point yeah. of which i just knew like it would really annoy me if uh if i got up late and it meant that before class classes started and before you know, i usually had some form of meeting because i was a i was on the student council which is basically like a prefect and we'd meet most mornings um early before lessons um to, if I if I knew I hadn't done that, I knew that I was just like I'm not with it. Like I'm not focusing nearly as well as I could be. 
because I would I used to have days where the first time I, I was introduced to, to kind of like guided meditation, mindfulness, and that just kind of like taking some time out to tend to clear your mind. Um, I had a class, I think I had an English class in the morning and then I had a double kind of health development PE kind of a thing. And for, for that double period, we had someone coming through and said, and, and, and gave a guided meditation class and kind of mixed in some yoga and it like shook me to the core how much it changed my, how I operated because for the rest of that day, I remember like walking out of that, that class, going down to the changing rooms, um, got back into my uniform and for the rest of the day, I didn't say a word to anybody. I was mm. just in such a good place in my, in my mind. I was just like, yeah, I just want to kind of focus and get stuff done. And actually this kind of, kind of going into myself a little bit more and, and kind of being quiet and still and, and kind of being just really aware of myself and where I am in my surroundings and what I'm doing was just such an, a pleasant place to be. Um, I felt, I found my experience with, um, uh, with meditation was that when I, when I took a course on it at Oxford, I wasn't brave enough to carry through with it because I had so much terrible stuff going on internally but yeah. the whole thing about meditation is sitting and being with yourself and opening yourself up to it and i wasn't brave enough to sit with all the stuff that was happening to me and actually work mm. through it because the consequences of which would have been i need to drop out of university and redo this year yeah. um, which is what i absolutely should have done uh it's quite obvious pretty early on that i should have done um but uh i i, I couldn't do that and I, and I feel like there's a i agree that meditation and mindfulness specifically is very very useful but a, a word of caution that it's not the most pleasant experience sometimes. Um, yeah, you've got to be, which is why I think those kind of like those guided meditations are really good because they are they they're done kind of uh, devoid of you having to kind of peer into yourself. You're just following the instructions of somebody else, and it's usually something along the lines of close your eyes, take yourself to a place where you feel comfortable, and like you know, there's some custom ones where. That's a really good app I use actually called um, there's Headspace. Yeah, I was going to say Headspace. Yeah. There's Calm as well. I don't know if you've got that. I don't know. Um, Calm is amazing. It also has an app for the Apple TV, which um, is on the TV currently. Um, but it's brilliant. There's loads of courses there. There's just some short stories where people read you a short story. Um, there's some soundscapes. There's, it's, it's really good. But it's always just kind of like, you know, just just breathe and listen to the sounds around you, which allow you to almost kind of come out of your head if you know what I mean like and kind of look down on what you're doing and focus on you know while we've had this good weather I've been doing some kind of studying and re I've been in Sibelius writing some other music stuff um I've been doing that outside and just kind of sitting on the picnic blanket just kind of closing my eyes and like just breathing and feet and listening to the wind in the trees and birds and like it just means that you can you don't have to be so overly conscious of sitting in silence and hearing everything that's going on in your head and trying to kind of push them away i think mm. one of the things i found really useful was rather than when you're when you're kind of trying to clear your mind and trying to just kind of like you've, you've obviously you've always got things going through in your head to don't kind of push them away but imagine them as um take the thought that you're having and then send it up like uh, like is it like if like it was a cloud. This was how it was kind of visualized to me when I started it. So you're not repressing the thoughts because then they'll always kind of sit there. But you're acknowledging regardless of what the thought is. You're like, okay, well I know that you're there. I'm just not going to deal with you right now. But I'll acknowledge you. And then just kind of send the send the cloud off 
and then and just do that with all of them and you eventually just reach a point where you're not so kind of like actively trying to not think about stuff and in doing so think more about those things do you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean it's, a, that, it's quite it's quite a good way i mean i found it quite quite a good way of doing that there there are lots of different techniques i mean the, my experience was with, with with mindfulness um as which is a secular way of doing it and there are from the sounds of things that's a sort of a secular meditation practice as well there are ones that are christian that are buddhist that are, you know all kinds of things um yeah i mean uh, the the book that i read was um was it introduction to mindfulness it was by uh let's just have a quick google here introduction to mindfulness by williams i think it was danny williams um no it's just called mindfulness by mark williams and danny uh penman i think um because yeah i i I did this course in oxford with because it was this this practice was kind of founded there i think from a from a physiological study perspective like they've actually studied the effects of of meditation on the body um and that that mindfulness by mark williams i'll leave a link to that in the the show notes um i found very a very good introduction to it i just wasn't in the right place to make the most of it at the time it's it's something that i really should make more of now actually i'd love to get back into a meditation practice i think it's it's helpful at pretty much every stage in your life as long as you are in a place where you can sit with your thoughts yeah because i feel like it's it's a bit of a shibboleth really like either you can sit with your thoughts and um that's great and mindfulness is useful for you or you're in a place where you can't sit with your thoughts and that's the point at which you probably should seek professional help yeah um there, there are lots of different options I, d- I would agree that meditation can be very very useful for, for a lot of people in this situation but wow i, I think i think that, that that unless you have anything to add i feel like uh I feel, I feel like that's uh that's our crisis possibly resolved yeah i think there's some things to go away and look at um whether it's kind of having a closer look at maybe how you can limit or slowly start to reduce how how the kind of the dependence I mean, Otherwise, I'll, I think regardless of what happens, definitely go and speak to a, a GP or a doctor and just be like, yeah, this has actually become something that I'm a little bit worried about. Hmm. I'm sure it's quite a common thing. Um, but yeah, go and have a conversation with a medical professional uh, because neither Simon or I are kind of qualified to give that kind of advice. But <laughs> I think, yeah, just just maybe look for what we can say is look for kind of alt, alt, alternative methods um to 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 find that kind of better place to be in that isn't drug related yeah godspeed to you anonymous yes and if you if you are listening and you have a crisis do send us an email at spongeelectricgmail.com with crisis corner in the subject line and we will anonymize everything that's sent to us that way and now we find ourselves finally in correspondence corner so um we have we have a, a fan fiction dan uh, well, as teased last week, I had sent in by Hacking Ruddy George, but we have a few emails before then. Um, first of all, um, uh, from Sarah M. Title: Yay, Matthias is coming to Singapore. So I like that this has become an ongoing saga. The people who follow the podcast, um, <laughs> like, so first of all, Matthias emailed in, and we were like, oh, you know, giving advice on where he should go. Then he emailed in back and saying that like he actually went with our advice anyway, despite the fact that it was too late and that he was uh, worried about going to Singapore. And now we have a, 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 another reader, Sarah, email in and, well, I'll read a, a, a message. Hi, Simon and Dan. Um, long-time reader, first-time writer. I was very excited to hear that Matthias is coming to Singapore for his PhD. I'm from Singapore and did my undergrad degree here. So 
I just really like this. This is this is the community coming together. Um, mm. uh, she continues. I think the culture shock people usually have here are mainly to do with the language and a few local everyday things. While the universities here are very international, I advise people coming over to make friends with the locals to pick up the accent and our seemingly strange habits. Uh, she doesn't specify what those strange habits are. So. I'm not, I, I would be curious to see what uh, maybe Sarah email in next week. I would love to hear what strange that people do in Singapore. Um, so that's next week. Um, meanwhile, however, she is going to Scotland in September to do her masters. I'm not Ooh. looking forward to being cold all the time. Do you guys have any tips on staying warm? Bear in mind, I've lived in the tropics my whole life, and anything colder than 25 degrees Celsius is too cold. Wow, you are you are going to get cold. Um, yeah. What was your experience coming back from Australia? Like, did you find yourself being cold the entire time? Yeah, well, I left. I left Australia in on the thirteenth of December, two thousand and fourteen. So, middle of summer. Yeah, height of height of summer, um, and then flew back into Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, um, <laughs> into kind of the middle of a Dutch winter, which is really cold. It was mm. like we, I went out to the shops the next day, and it was like minus six. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, this is it. Um, to be honest, I prefer, I, I, I like that, I do like the heat, but there's something inescapably lovely about the kind of coziness that cold weather brings. So, I mean, I, I usually wear kind of shirts and a, and a woolen jumper anyway, regardless of the season. Mm. Um, but you're, you're going you're gonna to be introduced into the amazing world of woolen knitwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's a, lo- it's a lovely place to be. You'll be um, cold, but there'll be knitwear. It'll be fine. <laughs> As long as you, as long as you kind of dress sensibly, and it's you know it's 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 cold when you go outside, but when you're inside, it's it's okay, it's fine. Get get like a good invest in a good winter coat is what I would say, um, and you will you'll also you'll be really surprised at how quickly you acclimatize. You'll 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 find yourself there, and it'll be it'll you know what time did they say they're coming in September? So you're going to be going in into kind of autumn and then experience the winter. By the end of that winter, when you start, when the sun starts coming out, it'll get to like 16 degrees and you'll be like, Ooh, God, it's, it's, it's balmy. It's lovely. You'll, 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 you'll find that your kind of your internal uh, thermometer will change. I mean, yeah, you are definitely going to be cold. If if you think less than 25 degrees is, is cold, you are definitely going to be cold. Um, and, yeah. you know, if you're in... It was at Edinburgh, wasn't it? Um, oh, no, it just says Scotland. Okay, um, uh, for, for your Masters. It's going to get down to probably close to minus 10 in winter. Like, it's it's going to be cold. Um, I definitely agree with Dan in terms of the clothing. You're going to get knitwear. Get used to knitwear. Um, also, uh, pro tip, I wear two or three pairs of socks. I find that my, I have Reynard syndrome, so I have very poor circulation in my extremities, like my feet and my hands. Um, and I find that wearing two pairs of socks when it colds makes when, when two pairs of socks when it's cold makes a massive difference. Yeah. Um, or hiking socks, alternatively. Um, yeah. Think about your footwear. Um, you know, make make sure your your feet are warm. Um, I don't know. You might not have heard of them, but you can get long johns if you get really cold. You can wear like like long underwear that go right the way down your legs. I have a pair of those. Um, I don't really feel the cold, but I I got them from when I went skiing once in school. Um, uh, so you know that's that's suggestion. Basically, layers. I think that's the most important thing. Think uh, think ogres. Think onions. Think layers. And yeah, knitwear on light jumper on t shirt or whatever. Uh, windproof that's the other thing get something that's windproof 
like a, like yeah. a windproof coat uh, because the windshield will be biting in Scotland. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you are going to have quite the thermal shock. That's going to be quite something. It's going to be great though because it's going to be something that you haven't experienced before. And as I say, don't underestimate the 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 lovely feeling of coziness you get when it's bitterly cold outside and you go in and you get like a coffee in a coffee shop or you go you're going to a friend's for for tea and you're having like a nice hot meal and it's yeah it's something that's you you can't get that pleasure in summer having the heat is lovely and having like a barbecue out and your friends but i think in terms of kind of something really satisfying and 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 as i say cozy um you only get it in the cold but well best of luck to you and your your body uh sarah We've got an email here from Ewan Wakefield. He says, Dear Simon, Dan, and last week's listener, I've undergone CBT. Oh, so this is in response to the, the one previously last week. Um, I've undergone CBT in the last few months, and it's completely possible to rearrange your thought processes. I'm living my happiest and best life from being very depressed just last summer. These negative thoughts are not who you really are, and they will go away eventually. You're doing exactly the right thing by going to see a therapist. My advice would be to work hard at challenging yourself through um, challenging your thought processes and to always remember that you get better. I found a regular exercise um, to massively help. Also, never give up. To quote Kermit and Mayo, everything will be all right in the end. Best wishes to you all, Ewan. Well, a lovely that's, email. That's lovely. Thank you very much for emailing in, Ewan. Yeah. And then lastly, before our fan fiction, we have an email from a familiar name, Georgia de Buriat. Now, uh, I pointed out that Georgia had done, uh, was supporting us on Patreon, but hadn't chosen a um, support level, like a, like a perk. And I was wondering why she hadn't. And then um, she's uh, titled her email, Patreon reward chosen. So I guess that may have been an oversight on her part. Uh, firstly, I greatly congratulate you, uh, Simon, on not butchering my surname a couple of episodes ago uh, when telling me I'd somehow not chosen a Patreon reward. It's usually something I had to give a detailed instruction on. So thank you. Hopefully I did it right this time as well. Um, secondly, I have finally chosen my team and I'm proudly on Team Dog. Hey, excellent choice, Georgia. Well done. Although cats are wonderful too, having spent the bank holiday weekend at home from university with a family dog, Martha. I don't know if you can see the picture. Martha! Uh, amazing, amazing dog. Uh, with a panda on its head. It's a very cute doggo. Uh, I couldn't help it. Well, whatever. It's fine. You're wrong, but fine. Uh, thirdly, it took me a while to get around to listening to the episode where you mentioned my lack of household prep preference, and I can only apologise. Usually I listen to podcasts I'm making work. I'm a fine art student in my final year. Oh, that's cool. And I've been developing a book, which I am hand-binding. Oh, that's oh, so cool. cool. That's really cool. She's attached pictures. Oh, wow. That is oh, amazing. yeah, I didn't scroll down. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Very, wow. very cool. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to post that on the Patreon. Those are very cool. Um... Uh, but being as it's the last month before set up for our show, I've been doing a lot of research. So I haven't been listening much. That's absolutely fine. You do you. However, at the weekend, I managed to get a second degree iron burn on my forearm while at work. So it Please. seems I'll have much more podcast listening time. Okay, well, the fact that you're listening to this means you're injured. So I'm very sorry. But wow, sorry, I just can't get over those. The book binding is so cool. Because obviously, I, I thought, I assumed that that was a Bible. Mm. Um, but that has been done so well. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, cool. Um, on this topic, though, uh, the content of my book is phenomenological interviews on people's stories and perceptions of religion. Hence why it looks like a... Oh, this is amazing. What, Georgia, top lad material here. Um, yeah. One interview, he spoke about being in a church choir without being religious. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this and if slash why either of you began and continued with something like that, being religious or not. All the best, and sorry for the length of email, Georgia to be. I didn't realise she was a bee. I was waiting for that. My mother was yeah. a bee. Um, 
Uh, well, I mean, I, I started um, in the chapel choir because I wanted to impress a girl, uh, which worked out quite well in the end. Um, I mean, that's basically. I mean, I'm I was brought up at a C of E primary school, so I know all the religious stuff, but I'm not a religious person. Um, I think I think the majority of people in the chapel choir are probably like me actually, in that they were brought up christian well in a christian environment but they weren't themselves religious would that be fair do you think yeah i think certainly when you look at the kind of the the the, um the subsection of of society that goes to universities like exeter you can usually say with a degree of confidence they've probably gone to private school if so that school is probably church of england there will be some form of kind of instilling some kind of religion while you're there um, I would say that the vast majority of the chapel choir are agnostic. Mm. Um, Respectful of the Christian tradition. Yeah, absolutely. And that's 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 kind of integral to the part that, that you play as a, as a choral scholar. Um, I think equally, too, there's times where I'll sing a service or like what immediately comes to mind is the service of Stainless Crucifixion that we sang on Good Friday. And there's something more than just getting pleasure from singing the music. When you're in that kind of space, um, not only like in a building like Exeter Cathedral, but you're in, you know, you're in your cassocks and you're surrounded by people who are coming to this building, not only to hear the music, but it, it means something to them. There's a feeling that certainly struck me that was more than just, oh, God, this sounds really nice. Like there is, there's something other. I, d- I don't know whether that's I wouldn't say that's God. I wouldn't say that's, you know, like a religious faith, but I think I'm definitely a spiritual like person. Um so there is there is something kind of special that you hear with that kind of that kind of music. Yeah, I mean um, I I think it's for me at least, it's it's the um the specialness comes from seeing the impact it has on other people. Mm. Um like I, I feel there's a great spirituality, not not religious aspect to it. I think there's a great spirituality in performing some of this music, in that yeah. there's something about creating a beautiful noise in a quiet space and then letting it return to silence. Absolutely. But seeing the effect that it can have on other people, the significance of the words, yeah, that I, for me, I think I, I derive it from knowing the impact it has on other people. It's a performance at the end of the day. Um, but there there is definitely... That is special, I think. Um and you know, I, I think anyone—you don't have to be religious then to enjoy that. You, you can be in the church choir, and in a way, maybe being uh, agnostic is uh, uh, an advantage because you don't get distracted by uh, the profound feelings that you're supposed to be feeling because of the music. But there we go. I mean, that—that that, uh, everything about your project, George, it sounds fascinating. Mm, um, it does, it really does. And I will uh, have to remember to post the pictures of that on the Patreon because wow, really, really cool. Very cool. Uh, okay, well, but with that, though, I think I have to pass over to Dan for our hecking ruddy fanfic. Very exciting. Okay, I'll close the tab. This is all over to you, Daniel. Now, do you want to read your lines in your voice and treat it like a script? Because it is a dialogue between the two of us. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, right, we'll do it that way. Dear fan and fic, just as, pro- just as promised, I've written a fanfic. However, I should mention that there's a twist. All of the dialogue is from the quotes section of the Wikicast Discord. For those who don't know, this is a section in the Discord where we quote anything anyone says that's either strange or embarrassing. When I say all of the dialogue, I mean all of it. Oh, it gets pretty God. weird. Find the fanfic PDF attached to this email. Also, if you're reading this on the, this week's podcast, I would have finished my first exam and I have five more to go. Wish me luck. P.S. There will George. not be a sequel. Kind regards, Herc and Ruddy George. Of course, luck, in, in Comic Sans and various, various colours, yes. Absolutely. Other than that, best of luck, George. Here we go. Hacking Ruddy fanfic. We begin. Oh my god. Here we go. 
Two men, Simon and Dan, were sitting on opposite sides of the room, staring at one another. They had just had an argument about what they should talk about in their next broadcast to the members of their cult, the Wikicast readership. Simon was the taller of the two. He looked like Ben Swolo, if Ben Swolo really <laughs> liked Hello Internet merchandise, and had unexplained gaps in his eyebrows. Simon had recently finished his PhD thesis titled Why It Was Cold This March. Pretty this much. meant that his official title was Doctor, however he insisted on everyone calling him Baguette Daddy. <laughs> Dan, on the other hand, was a small man. That's in quotation. And just as just as an aside, <laughs> I uh, I object to that being a quotation. I can confirm I am a male. I've not seen your your penis. I, I don't know. I, I don't have okay, any definitive proof. That's going to be on the quotes, presumably. Yeah, that'll be in a future episode of this. Amazing, amazing. Dan, on the other hand, was a small man. He looked like a toddler who had stolen his clothes from a middle-aged man who shops at M&S. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Uh, that's, that's, that's terribly kind of you. He looked like a cross between Harry Potter, Klaus Baudelaire, a light bulb, an overinflated balloon on a short piece of string, and brains from Thunderbirds. Yes. He sat, curled up in a ball in the corner of a chair next to a bucket of tea. Dan was very angry with Simon. Simon insisted that the baguette memes had gone stale and had no place in the Wikicast. Dan had the complete opposite opinion and wanted to passive-aggressively aggr- passive signal this to Simon by glaring at him. However, while glaring at him... Dan noticed how tight Simon's Hello Internet t-shirt was. His nipples were far too visible for Dan's liking. Dan stared at Simon's nipples. Simon's nipples stared back. This bothered Dan so much he stood up and marched across the room, ready to rant about Simon's provocative nipples. However, just as he was about to start his rant, he glanced at Simon's laptop. He was scrolling through pages and pages of pictures of wheelie bins. Dan looked at, Dan looked at Simon with worry in his eyes. Wheelie bins are the new furries! Simon said proudly. Dan was both concerned and confused. Simon stood up and re- ready to defend himself, only to reveal a cactus he was sat on. Why have I got all this dialogue? Uh, <clears throat> I really like the feeling of cactus on my ass. Simon proclaimed defensively. I really need to think about words before I say them out of my mouth. He added. <laughs> you can never go wrong with a dildo, Dan said jokingly, trying to diffuse the awkwardness. It's not gay if it's just a baguette. Simon replied. Suddenly, Dan ran out of the this room. This is a terrible his idea. Giant, I was doing, we are his only giant feeding. head wobbled around as he tottered out <laughs> through the door. Simon was shocked. Was it something he'd said? Surely not. He followed Dan upstairs and found him in the bathroom. Dan was sat on the floor with his hands over his face. Simon tapped him on the shoulder to get his attention. <laughs> Dan looked up and said apologetically, I got sexually aroused, so I had to leave. Simon understood immediately. Suddenly, they heard a voice from the what shower. What is this? Could... <laughs> George, what the f*** have you done? This is like a bad bot wrote us a fan fiction. This is bizarre. This Suddenly, is they heard so a noise weird. from the shower and could see a silhouette of a man through the frosted glass. They could hear a voice. It sounded like Danny Dyer. Yes, you do have to do a Danny Dyer impression. Um, Did you just call me a crackhead? The voice <laughs> shouted. I, I feel like he's naked for some reason, Dan said anxiously. Simon nervously opened the door to the shower. It was indeed Danny Dyer. Of course it was. And he was indeed naked. Of course he was, yeah. Dan looked up and down at Danny Dyer's naked body and then said, up to, said, then looked up to Simon and said, we're just watching porn and I'm okay with that. Simon also looked at Danny Dyer and said in an, an unusually high-pitched voice, That is a tick that's going in many directions. Then coughed and apologetically said, my voice goes up by about seven octaves when I'm about to bust a nut. Dan <laughs> what? Nodded. He fully what? understood. 
what Beware is the wrath of my gooch, Danny Dyer proclaimed. You up for a threesome? With no hesitation, Simon eagerly replied, Right, I'm going to get naked. Dan seemed less keen. Why the sudden penis? He asked. <laughs> I can't finish off anything larger than nine inches. Oh my god. Dan's lack of enthusiasm greatly angered Danny Dyer, <laughs> and so he pulled out a laser gun from somewhere and shouted, I'll f***ing rush you, mate. Get out of the bathroom, dickhead. I'll shoot you. Mate, I drink a pint of milk every day, Dan said, <laughs> puffing I out could, his chest I confidently. I could so see you using that as a macho line. Like, I'll f***ing rush you, mate. Mate, the, uh, I drink a pint of milk every day. Just to give you what's, what's about to happen. I'll f***ing rush you, mate. Get out of my bathroom, dickhead. I'll shoot you. Mate, I drink a pint of milk every day, Dan said, puffing out his chest confidently. Danny Dyer shot Dan, who then fell to the ground. <laughs> I'm getting killed by giants, Dan whimpered. Just f***ing die, it's not that hard. Simon shouted at Dan as he stepped into the shower. Dan looked up at Simon and with his last words said, I don't like being killed. I'm sad now. It's a little bit frustrating. Simon looked at Dan sprawled across the floor. The rest of this story has been left uh, as an exercise for the reader. <sighs> what just happened? That was a fever dream. And yeah, wow. That give- so this is actually the perfect way to to tie in um if you're a if you're a kind of an avid reader of the podcast and you'd like to learn a bit more about what the discord uh, group <laughs> is about this is basically it all the time yeah um, it's pretty much. just it's just insane it's a great place but it's also can, an can insane we, place can we please give that a reverse round of applause <laughs> what the fuck was that george so simon what have we learned today well, Dan, we've talked about Mine Shrimriov. Shmiriov. Sh- sh- Mine Shmiriov. The uh, Bela, it, Bela, the Bela, Belarusian, Belarusian, Bela, Belarusian uh, hero of the resistance against the yeah. Nazi occupation in World War Two, who had a a really interesting life. He he Robin Hooded uh, World War Two in Eastern Europe, basically, um, and had a yeah a fascinating life. Um, lost everything he cared about, like his. Uh, his first wife and his children and his his parents, um, but was eventually a hero of the Soviet Union. A uh, bit of a qu- quite an interesting article, actually. Like we just, I think that's the first time we've ever had an article just basically read out because it's so mm. interesting. Um, but from there, you then immediately started talking about Even Song. I certainly did. I did as as per as per usual. Yeah. What did we, t- we talked about? Oh, me moving. Um, you going on tour? We're getting uh, people to send us itineraries to do things to do in Prague and in um, Manchester. Indeed. Um, what else? We had a very, very long conversation about Twitch. We did. I, I, I insisted on that one. Sorry. Uh, and I went on a bit of a ramble about God of War. You did. Who? I was looking up, by the way. Um, whilst we were talking, did you know that the guy who plays Kratos, like his voice, is Christopher Judge, who was Teal'c in Stargate SG One. Yeah, I don't know if you ever that. watched Stargate, but like that, that 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 blew my mind. I did not know that. Uh, but yeah, we talked about that, and then we talked about study drugs and getting addicted to them. Um, yeah, and then we had the, I think I'm going to call it the most bizarre fan fiction we've ever been sent, and we've been sent a lot. Gosh, 
It's really quite something. The next episode has got... Uh, whatever we do next episode has got a lot to live up to. I think this was a cracker. And that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Itineraries for Prague and Manchester, Danny Dyer fan fictions, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll see you next time. I, I, I just don't understand. It's crazy. How does one's brain work like that? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a hive brain, isn't it? Because it's the, it's the Discord. Oh God, have we created an AI? Like it's, it's like a, it's like it's self-aware now. Yeah. Shudder. We need to watch what out. What have we done? What Danny Dyer's coming for it. Oh, fucking rush you, mate. <laughs> Mate, Shoots down. I drink a pint of milk every day. Okay. <laughs> okay. S- sit the f*** down, alright? Let me school you on Evensong. <laughs>